Right on cue radio. the dream with Reem show on right on Q radio here on the dream with Reem show we are not limited by logic we challenge the status quo and we shift paradigms i am your host dj dream a global frequency healing advisor i assist people in discovering their gifts so we can elevate the frequency of the planet together as you guys know, on the Dream with Reem show, we feature guests from all over the world that have incredible stories and insights so we can continue to elevate our lives together. So if you are a master of your discipline and want to be a guest on the show and share your gift with the world, send me an email. My email address is dreamwithream at gmail.com. I would love to provide a platform for you to share your gift to the world. We are going to get into some music now. And when we get back from the break, we will chop it up with Sarah Beal. Sarah is the renegade mom. She is an international best-selling author, a self-directed education and unschooling advocate. Sarah is a mother of four wild children, and she loves supporting parents on their unschooling journey by sharing her family's day-to-day lives so we can see how children really learn and thrive. So guys, I will catch you on the other side. You are listening to the Dream with Reem show on Right on Q Radio. Right on cue radio.
black on like I'm Batman. New suit tie like I'm Bruce Wayne. Long brown hair, she my superwoman. Welcome to the mob, we gon' do things. Left LA up to Chattanooga. Used to move white like I'm out of Cuba. She ain't at the party, she be at the movies. Then she ain't gon' take you back like she never knew you. It's funny how this bitch can turn around. That's why I'm just about the money now. Just be real, don't give me the run around. These bitches be flicking their photos. I keep all my on the low low. I might hit up low low cause it's been a minute. I need some waffles, some Kool-Aid and chicken. I need commitment, some loving and vision. I hold the money and she hold the pistol. Yeah, that's my partner, man. She know the vision. We multiplying, won't be no division. You hear the sirens, we killing it. Girl, we on fire, we militant. We getting high as the ceilings in. We stack them digits religiously. They can't put it into our energy, really. Like they don't know, they know we're the wild ones So out in love And everywhere we go, they know we're the wild ones And we're so out in love So out, so out, so out in love We're the wild ones Trying to break us up, no Push up on me, hold up, slow up, that's a no, no, no Cause I ain't gonna play like these weak chicks I'm on when you need it I'm safe with your secrets, you know Yeah, you know, you know I got you on by your side When life's getting critical And they can act like Act like they don't know They know we're the wild ones Sacrifice my money and I go polish all your body, your body, my honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby, you, baby, you, baby, I want to love you for life. Oh, hey. They want you show me love. Oh, Rosalinda, give me your love, cause I need that. My baby, show me love. 
I need a drink. My baby tomatoes, my baby tomatoes, yeah. Baby, your melody, my baby, your melody, yeah. You give me ginger, the way you break it up and down, boom, bam. You can be mine, kind of real
Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy, and you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter, yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Jelly Jelly adjective Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council Right on cue radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to the Dream with Reem show on Right on Cue Radio. I am your host, DJ Dream, and I am back now with my special guest, Sarah Beal. Sarah is a mother of four wild children who are living in sovereignty and freedom. That was never her plan, though. She'd ordered French children who sat nicely at the table and chatted about philosophy or played cards and ate baguettes without so much as a crumb. Her children, however, did not get that memo. They took every opportunity to be completely themselves since birth. Now, in between mixing paint, watching Marvel films, and playing Roblox, She writes and mentors other parents similarly shocked at the determination of their children, an international best-selling author, 
a self-directed education and unschooling advocate, Sarah enjoys to share how children really learn away from the programming of schools and with uninterrupted access to imagination, creativity, and their intuition. She supports parents in connecting with their own wisdom, healing from past hurts, and decolonizing their minds and hearts. Please welcome Sarah to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Rain. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. So you, one of my whole things, like the reason I don't have children is because of this whole, like, I know we're not all fucked up, but you know, I kind of have my, you know, bullshit stories that we make up. And that's one of the reasons why I have chosen to not have children yet. Um, And the whole fact of I didn't really do well in school myself and because I don't learn in those ways. So I'm so excited to jump into this this topic with you today. And um, another thing that I found super interesting is with your four children that all four of them are currently not in school, but two of them have actually never even gone to a traditional school. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So I would love for you to dive into your story on, on how did, how did you unschool your children and the two that actually never went to school? How, what is that experience all about? Yeah. Um, I mean, these are literally my favorite things to talk about. And what I want to say to you too, Irene, is that you are not unusual. I think a lot of people come out of the school system. Um, I mean, there's a lot of kids in the school system right now who think they're broken. Their parents think they're broken. They can't understand why they're not getting on. And many of us reflecting on our school experience have those same feelings. And there are so many children who are not born for school. I mean, I want to say all children, but, you know, lots of people um, get a bit triggered when I say, when I make such, you know, radical statements like that. But, you know, school is not really made for children. It's made to, to get a product at the end. And so children who resist school, children who don't get on in school, children who find it hard to learn in that way, um, we tend to like pathologize them. We tend to give them disorders and we try to modify their behavior so they're more compliant and and convenient in school for the school system. Um, And I, I want parents to know that they should listen to their children and trust their children because their children are telling them something. You know, so those years that you were at school may be feeling some of those same feelings, um, you know, that that would have been really hard. And I get why that's then informed some of your choices after. Um, but you're not unusual because actually it's the system that's wrong, not the kids. Right. Um, and and so how, how does the how does the, what differentiates like unschooling? Like, what does that even really mean? Because I know, like I've heard the term homeschooling, um, mm-hmm. but that's still following like the, your government's curriculum. So is unschooling basically a modified version of homeschooling or is it completely saying, screw the system, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want with my children. Yes, um, it is saying that. 100%. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, some of it's semantics, right, because different countries use different terminology. So in the States and in Australia where we're from, people say homeschooling, and that just means my kid isn't learning at school. They're learning at home in some way. Um, and then you've got many different approaches. You know, you've got people who are in that, who, who identify as homeschoolers, um, which we always 
always have. You know, you've got people that do sit down learning stuff. Um, they may be following some kind of curriculum. You've got people that are following a Steiner-based curriculum. You've got people doing Charlotte Mason project-based work, people doing um, distance learning. Um, all of that could be homeschooling because it's not happening in, in the school. It's happening at home. Um, and But we came to England and people think when, when you say homeschooling, they think you mean school at home. So they tend to say home education here. Um, and more and more I've been intentional about my language so that people understand that unschooling sits apart from other versions of homeschooling because it's child-led and self-directed. So, you know, and again, every family approaches things differently, but, you know, most of the people that we know who identify as unschoolers really apply that to their life. So there's no distinction or differentiation between learning and the rest of life. Learning is just happening while you're living. Sorry, I've got children running up and down the hallway. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, I, I can hear them. I'm not sure if they're listening. <laughs> but it's perfect because you're unschooling them or, you know, yeah, and, and, and they this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it happens all day long. You know, they just go from one thing to another and there's no, um, oh, now we're doing this and now we're doing that. There's no separation of curriculum areas. There's no... Um, oh, now we're going to do maths, now we're going to do history, now we're going to do geography. All of those things are, you know, probably covered off in some way or another, but we're not, we're not watching out for them and they're just, they're just happening. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we might have an intentional conversation about something if someone's interested in a particular thing. You know, they might bring up a question or an issue that, that covers off on, Um, you know history and and politics and philosophy and and so we might look some stuff up and get some information and some facts and have a conversation about that but most of the time it's through like gaming playing um reading um you know what everything that a kid does you know all of the stuff that kids do when they can do whatever they want you know it's it's all in there all of the science maths spelling english um history politics um, but we're not differentiating or delineating at all. And the kids get to choose what they want to do. And they don't even choose how they learn really because they're just learning all the time, you know? Well, and yeah, I was just going to say, and, and um, all learning styles, regardless of what type of learning style you have, if you're playing a game, you always learn better and faster yeah. and you retain yeah. it. And yeah. so it just makes sense that regardless of what, what um, a child or even a human's um, learning style is, is that putting it in a fun way or just in a natural way, it makes it more integratable. Cause that's one of the things like when I was in school, I'm like, what the hell am I going to use this for? Like more particularly like with math and stuff like that. It's like, there's calculators everywhere. Like if I have to calculate something on my own, do I really need to calculate it? Like what, what would I need to calculate that would require, you know, but um, yet, exactly. And yet but, we're told that you have to learn those things. Or I remember asking, um, I, I was always a kid that needed a context, particularly when it came to things like maths, because it wasn't something that came naturally. So I needed to know why something was not only why do I have to learn it, but I guess I was looking for a context. And I was just constantly told, oh, you just have to learn it. And no why, no, and I just couldn't, like, why? I don't understand why. Like, if you can't tell me why, then clearly I don't need it. And yet you're forced into that at school. And then if you're not good at it or it doesn't come naturally, then, you know, 
ultimately you have to pass to pass a test or an exam mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to pass something in order to progress and then you start feeling like you're Shit. stupid or you're not good or something yeah I, I thought all the way through school really once I passed those first um you know the early years where it's just kind of simple arithmetic once I got past that I just thought I wasn't good at maths and and so I just literally, I just discounted it really. I just kind of, it's like I cut maths out of my life. <laughs> I'm not good at maths. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I carried that with me my whole, my whole life. I'm not good at maths. I'm not good at science. And uh, really it's through my children that I started to notice where science and maths is just in life and there's no need to actually separate it. Like it's mm-hmm. just part of getting on with your day. Yeah. My glitch. Uh, I didn't think I was, I, I didn't, wasn't good at math and then also um, English, but more particularly spelling. I have like, even to this day, I have, I have such bad spelling that when I'm, I'm type texting people, Siri will be like no suggestion. And I literally, have to, I have to hit the backspace and then I have to hit the, the verbal and I have to say the word out loud. So Siri will know what I'm saying, but she is straight up. No suggestions. I'm like, thanks, Siri. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, you said about maths before and the fact that we've got calculators. Um, spelling is another one of those areas that we don't really need to know it anymore. Like, why are we forcing children through spelling tests and spelling lists? It's like and- you understood what I'm trying to say. Because there's mm. this thing that yeah. if, the, if, the first, if the first letter and the last letter are... Um, and, and this might just go to intelligence because I think that's a, that's what they say is that uh, um, you have a specific like intelligence. If you can see a word that's not spelled correctly, but as long yeah. as the first and the last letter are the right letter, you can still read the word. And yeah. I know that that's how I read because yeah. I'll just like make up stuff. Like I'll be able to read things. And so to me, that's why when, when there's people and I have friends that they like are so stuck on spelling and grammar. And I'm like, I don't know why you're friends with me because I cannot spell and my grammar is crap. I'm like, so if you really, really, really are like that, then you need to not talk to me. So, um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. The things that we put on ourselves. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a waste of time because if you can accept that certain things aren't important, maybe for certain people, I mean, if you love spelling, we'll go for it. You know, if you want to spend all your time learning how to spell words, that's cool. But, you know, if we're not going to force our children into doing these things, which they don't love and may be a little bit pointless, they get to spend their time doing stuff that is important to them. And and why is it important for children to um, actually be in control of their own lives? Oh, well, now we're talking about my favourite, favourite <laughs> yay (laughs) so I I will I will say that I didn't come into unschooling um a hundred percent by like choice you know there wasn't an as I as you said in my um in my bio I had a I had a vision you know for my life (laughs) you know when I when I was pregnant with the first child um and I I often look back on my like pre-mother self and I think like I don't think she would have understood at all this vision before like they'd be like what the fuck like (laughs) uh I I imagined um I'm assuming I imagine that they'd they'd go to school and they'd probably wear nice private school uniforms and have a matching backpack and you know learn Latin and be able to spell very very well um and that's not what my children told me they wanted so I had to get okay with something different because they didn't want to be in school one of my children in particular was like really determined not to be in school to the point that we really couldn't 
I couldn't really see a way for us to continue in the school system. And it was always a conflict for us because we, we, were, we were one way at home and then the kids had to be a different way at school. And so right. it just felt like school was a massive interruption to our lives. Right. Like the real business of our lives was, was when we were camping, when we were hanging out, when we were having fun, when we were going to the museum and the zoo, in the zoo and the kids were just playing in the backyard. That was our real life. And I had to keep stopping the kids from doing that to go to school. So it was a massive imposition. And I think my kids just really did sense that. And so they pushed they pushed me to explore something different. And it was only once we were at home and my deprogram really deprogramming really started in earnest that I started to develop more sort of logical um, you know, arguments, I guess, around alternative education. Um, and so I'm gonna talk about sovereignty, right? That's yeah. I, I'm I'm all about agenda-free parenting. Um, and, and what that is really to me is like the antidote to this do do this, get that kind of parenting that is most most modern parenting, including like conscious parenting, you know, attachment parenting, gentle parenting, there's sorts of terms that get thrown around now where you have consideration for for the child's emotional well-being and you, you, you're gentle with them and generally there's no kind of punitive um, practices used to control a child. But what happens, even with those sorts of um, conscious parenting philosophies and practices, is that we're often, we often have an expectation that we're going to get a particular product at the end. Right. So we might not be like smacking them or taking away their iPad, but we may still be layering over the top of our children our expectations. And conditions, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, once you take away those big behaviour management tools like spanking and grounding, you have to get really sneaky with your manipulation. And so it <laughs> might be you not know, like, so, yeah, like it's, it's pretty commonly accepted now that, you know, we don't smack kids. It's not really cool to smack kids, um, although a surprising number still do, but mostly they don't. Uh, but if you're not going to do those things, then things like speaking to your children in a stern voice or threatening them in a very underhand, sneaky way, all of these other things kind of creep in. And they're really about um, our child having to meet our expectations. So, and this is something I noticed myself. I noticed it myself. And my children are really great at holding me accountable. And they never really seemed affected by any of my attempts to control them. Like they just were never going to be controlled. So it was almost like if I if I attempted to bribe them, they'd literally just laugh in my face. Like, why are you even trying to do that, Mum? We genuinely don't like they're just not, they're not, they're not buying it, never have. So what I what I noticed is that when and I don't know if my I don't think my children are particularly unusual. I, I don't know. I often I often wonder Am I the way I am because I happen to be gifted with these children or are my children like this because they sensed an openness in me for, for something, for a disrupting? Or maybe it's all of that and it just happened beautifully, like, you know, synergist, syner- synchronistically. I don't know. Who knows? Synergistically? Um, I don't know. Um, anyway, so I don't want, I would never want anyone to go into home education or alternative education or unschooling with an idea that you do this and you get a certain product at the end because that's really the opposite of of what I want to advocate for right um but what I will say is it's impossible to live in sovereignty 
and own yourself, your body, your mind, your heart, if you are being controlled. It's impossible. And so even, even people that um, might genuinely think they're in charge of their own thoughts and their own mind, if they're in systems that are designed to program us, and school is the big one, right? then it's really hard to access that place inside of yourself where you are a sovereign being. Right. And, and the, the being in school, they start it so young and, you know, it literally is brainwashing. We are, the school system is designed to get us to be a worker and to not think for ourselves. Yeah. And so um, you were talking about sovereignty and that Mm. term is being thrown around um, all over the place these days and different people have different mean or interpretations of what sovereignty is. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, based on your, what we're talking about here, what does sovereignty mean in this context? Well, it means, it means self-governance, really. It means no one can control what I do, what I think, what is done to me to my body directly, to my mind. No one gets to make those choices for me. I get to make those choices for myself. Now, with that said, how does one accomplish a life like that when we are living in a Mm co-reality where your decisions affect me, whether I like it or not? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really complex um, dance is how I best describe it because, you know, we've we've got four kids and on any given day, one of them wants to play a particular game, three others don't. Um, and what the one who wants to play the game will want me to force the other kids to play the game with them. Uh, and so these conversations are really regular in our family as we all help each other work out where our own edges are. And because we're living in this world that is often pushing us in the opposite direction, it can feel challenging. Because, sure, it would be way easier for me to just, like, wake everyone up at 8 o'clock and put four identical breakfasts on the table and clean up at 8.30 and march them upstairs and get them to brush their teeth and then tell them what the next scheduled activity is and have them go along with that. That would, be that'd like, make my life super easy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would require force. That would require me to lay my agenda on top of everybody else's and that would mean that I was really saying that what I think is more important than what they think. And so in our family we put up with, well, I guess it's a payoff or a, or a, or a buy-off or an exchange maybe Compromise. instead of me doing that, which I, I could have attempted to do that, I guess, when they were born, I could have started with those like controls Um, because that's really what, that's kind of what parents do. You know, most often those kids who are really uber compliant have been controlled subtly often from birth. Right. Um, Because that's not the situation, then the alternative is conversations constantly about where my limits and somebody else's rub up against each other and then how we're going to navigate that. And, And so it is messy sometimes because... Like I might want to go to the shops and maybe nobody else wants to go, but I need to buy food for dinner. And then there's this conversation then about, okay, well, who who needs what? Where are the priorities? What can we 
who can bend, who can't, is the six-year-old going to come with me and the others are called home by themselves or, you know, like it's that and it's, but it's, it's all the time because we've chosen to not force anyone to do something they don't want to do, which is ultimately about sovereignty because there's a mutual acknowledgement that we all get to have agency. Okay. Yeah. I spent, um, uh, several weeks with a girlfriend of mine in Texas and she's got two young boys, six and four. And, um, the oldest one Atlas is very, very, very much has a mind of his own and does what he wants. And your description of having them sit down and have dinner or breakfast at the same time, that totally did not happen. (laughs) And, um, so with that said, when you're navigating a life, so what does, a typical unschooling, I guess it's not, I guess it's not a lesson plan because it's just day-to-day life, but how do you incorporate the learning um, in a de- every single day when there's no curriculum? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know you gave us sort of a little bit of an example of, you know, going to the store and some staying home, um, but is there expectations when they're at home? Like, sh- again, here's a should, like, should they be doing something or is it that they have free range to do whatever? And, you know, how do you keep them on course that they're not just always, you know, being kids and, you know, fucking off? <laughs> they are always being kids. Yeah, they absolutely are. They're always being kids and they're doing what they want. And, I mean, maybe it looks like fucking off to someone else, but there's a whole lot going on, a whole lot going on. So what does that uh, look know, like? How do how do you how would somebody know that their child is is a candidate for unschooling? Well, I mean, I think all kids are. <laughs> yes, Maybe I'm yes, slightly biased. There are, definitely, there are definitely ones that should like um, should come out of the system. Oh, you've got to get you've got to get the shoulds out of your vocabulary. <laughs> well, well, like 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 my friend, like my friend's um, son Atlas. I mean, this there's more to it because there's um, co-parenting involved and stuff. Yeah. However, you know, he's definitely a kid that um, is not doing well in the system. So. Um, yeah, but I bet he's super switched on. I oh, bet. Yeah. I bet oh, he. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, super tapped. Yeah. In. So, you know, what I say to parents who are starting out, right, and and there are many parents who are unschooling who opted out of the system because their kid just wasn't fitting into the system and and it wasn't part of their plan. And it often happens really suddenly, you know, like someone on a a Friday sends their, their kid to school and by the Monday they've gone, we can't do this anymore, and they start um, without all the planning and intention that other families perhaps put into it. You know, like if you've got... If you've got, if you've always known that this was your path, then you've got these years of build up and mental kind of preparation. Um, what I used to do and what I recommend to parents to do in relation to the learning that you're talking about is pay attention to what your kids are doing. And in the same way as you observe a, you know, 12 month old starting to take those first steps you know a parent will be tuned into that and you often hear parents whose children are on the cusp of walking say any day now like I can tell any day you know and there's a gradual mostly there's this gradual process of cruising along holding onto furniture taking one arm off putting it back squatting down standing up with no hands and then gradually they let go and they stand there 
and then that turns into taking one step and then before you know it you know that and but you can see it right so it's the same it's the same and you it is it can be really helpful in the early days if you've been in the school system or you know we're all affected with our own programming because most of us went to school too um, where it's really helpful to notice what they're doing and even like again it's really important that you don't have an agenda but it can just help allay your own fears if you notice what they're doing and how that might relate to what you perceive to be conventional learning over time you you stop doing that and almost all the unschooling parents I know um, after some time don't do it and they don't need to do it because they just see their child learning all the time but you can watch your child say playing Minecraft and you know you see how they're navigating the game and they're they're learning to read and they're learning about geology and they're planning and they're doing maths and they're right. designing and if they're playing online they're negotiating with other people and they're interacting free. right they're interacting mm-hmm. they're collaborating um they're they're navigating their own rules of play because there's always rules of play when you get more than one person together, whether they verbalise it or not. They hold each other accountable. They navigate conflict. Um, sometimes these games have like really complex social structures and politics and it's it's all in there. And, and actually almost all of their play incorporates all of those things. So we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, Sarah, I definitely want to get into the subject because one of the that things that I know talk about um, it, like, is sort of obsessed with it, but there's also this whole thing of like you, sh- the, you know, um, not having your child on electronics um, for extended period of time or, you know, like using electronics as the babysitter. So um, does, does like Minecraft kind of fall into that? Because I, I, I think I hear bad negative stuff about Minecraft versus where you're giving me a whole bunch of positives about Minecraft. Um, so when we come back from the break, I definitely want to get your take on electronics and how you incorporate them into this unschooling. So guys, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we are going to chop it up a little bit further with Sarah Beal. We will see you on the other side. You are listening to the Dream with Reem show. Right on cue radio. Same feeling in me, I can't shake it. Ever seems that at any moment I could break, I can't help it. No, no, I can't help it. Oh, oh. Laying sliding down the cliff I built, trying to climb back, and ain't no telling if I will, I can't help it. No, no, I can't help it. Yeah, yeah whatever. So I've seen better days. Treading through the maze and I'm fed up, head of haze The weather never looks so forever Seven my everything, a piece of back together At your pleasure with your lies You came alive, such a beautiful disguise And I thought you were my prize Biggest mistake of my life, biggest waste of my life The most bitter, foul thing I ever tasted in my life I made you more than you could even see But lately I ain't stay in the zone So maybe alone is where I need to be 
no more relation. Maybe that's a revelation. Rev the motor on my motivation. And here I am, broken heart, broken hand. Though I'm coping, still I stand, cause I ain't no broken man. So good, baby, baby. Give a play a few more days, and I'll be your gravy. And things are crazy, but mama ain't raised me to be a slave or no victim. Let your days phase me. See, there's no armor for bad karma, no honor in the false persona. So who you? Same feeling in me, I can't shake it. If it seems that at any moment I could break, I can't help it. Trying to climb back and ain't no telling if I will. I can't help it. No, no, I can't help it. No. Hey, the view so clear. I stayed for you, no fear. Now I'm going, going back to you, nowhere. New state to be mine. New state of mind. Who stayed and who was left behind? It's fate of mine. It's Timeless. Every time I try to change the climate, rewinds it. Same climate, refine it and wipe the slate clean. See, you can make the same mistakes you made at 18, but this time you're playing to erase me. And I ain't trying to save face by breaking the faith you placed in my replacement. But face it, look, I ain't perfect, but it's some perks in my person you just can't purchase. And that's on purpose. The fact that you were quitting shows that you were quitting who the true purpose. But I ain't judging the disorder in your core. You stated your case, the pain of his fate was more than nothing you ignore. Same feeling in me, I can't shake it. If it seems that at any moment I could break, I can't help it. No, no, I can't help it. Sliding down the cliff I built Trying to climb back And ain't no telling if I will I can't help it No, no, I can't help it
Can't I see the change? You know the words I say To love me is to obey Jesus, tell me write this down Worship that you won't come from My life is my son 
this is my response. Lord, anything they are, anything I ask, this is my total worship. Lord, anything they are, anything I ask, this is my total worship. So remember when you did rapping sin, and I came far. Your whole life as a sacrifice. Welcome back. You are listening to the Dream with Reem show on Right on Q Radio. I am your host, DJ Dream, and I have been chopping it up with my special guest, Sarah Beal. Sarah is the renegade mom, an unschooling advocate, and mother of four wild children who are living in sovereignty and freedom. Sarah is an international best-selling author, 
a self-directed education and unschooling advocate. She enjoys sharing how children really learn. And we were talking about Minecraft just before the break, and I was getting her opinion on how what she feels about electronics and how they are in unschooling. There's this whole stipulation that, you know, not putting your children in front of electronic devices as a babysitter. And so there's more negative stuff versus positives, which I just heard from you about Minecraft. There's all these positives. And I used to play um, online role-playing games. And like you said, the community, the fact that we did math and all this other stuff. So I see positives, but yeah, what's your take yeah. on the yeah. I mean, aspect? I mean, I, I see no negatives. I, I don't subscribe to that view um, around using technology as a babysitter and all of the negative stuff that comes out mainly in mainstream media around digital technology. But there's a guy, an American um, psychologist and self-directed advo- uh, learning advocate called Peter Gray, and he's actually written, um, and he, wrote, he writes from often a, a research basis. So rather than, you know, me just saying what I think, he's actually got research behind the stuff he says, and he's written quite a few interesting things about digital technology and gaming. Um, and I often send it to parents who are concerned about gaming and um, because he makes he makes a lot of sense Um it's really interesting and you always have to be really sceptical about where these messages are coming from. So these, these, these games, these devices, they come out of big corporations, big corporations. And then there's this mainstream message that they're addictive and they're not good for you. So there's like this disconnect. There's like something confusing about that message. So I always say to parents that the missing thing when you read these articles that put fear into parents' minds around grooming and pedophilia and porn and all of these things that supposedly our children are exposed to, the thing that those, even psychologists that talk about it, the thing that very rarely gets talked about um, is connection. And I will say that I was one of those parents who a few years ago was really fearful of digital technology because of the messaging that we get, um, mainly from mainstream media around how addictive it is and, you know, people um, say they see behavioural changes in their children. And so I was really resistant to digital technology, to gaming. But my kids, again, they put in a very determined and sustained attempt to access it. And they would come up with such clever plans just to get hold of the iPad. And I'm really thankful that I had in my community some unschoolers who had older children and had already been where I was. And so I was able to take confidence, I guess, from them. And I started to seek some alternative information because it didn't make sense to me to restrict something that my children really, really wanted to do and put forward really compelling arguments to access. It didn't make sense to me and it didn't fit with my feeling, my, my instinct really, that I didn't want to put my agenda above my children's needs. So I just decided I need to get needed to get okay with it. So, so everybody got laptops and iPads and, and kind of just like dove headfirst into, into gaming, um, which is what they really wanted to do. And it has been the most, like, joyous, fun, enriching experience. 
But what I will say that is that there's a distinction between a kid who goes to school all day and is probably being controlled and manipulated at school, may well find that really difficult, and then comes home and is exhausted and goes and zones out in front of the TV for hours. And I'm not saying that's wrong either. But that, that might not be wrong. That might actually be wonderful. I don't know. But we are with our kids all day, every day. And so it's we're not separated in that same way. And so there's just this movement between one thing and another. You know, one of my kids is online a lot at the moment. It's just what he loves. Um, but he comes off and he plays and he does other things and he's got his mates online too. Um, one of my kids who's been really obsessively into gaming for about three years decided about eight weeks ago that he's done with gaming and he hasn't logged onto his computer for weeks. Um, and then my, my youngest daughter um, really enjoys things like Roblox. She loves YouTube. She's got um, people that she subscribes to and watches on YouTube. They're often gamers, actually. They love watching other gamers. Um, and there's actually some really great role models for kids on YouTube. Um, I don't censor anything that they do, actually, but they just gravitate to, they seem to gravitate to pretty quality um, content. I mean, not always. Sometimes they watch stuff and I'm like, why are you watching that? But, you know, I try not to put my own, as, as I said before, my own agenda on what they do. Um, but we talk about it and they're comfortable and confident to come to me and they tell me the things that they're working on. And when there's no shame and when kids know that they've got access to um, as much time as they want to delve into their passions and no one's going to make them feel bad for making those choices, then there's an openness that encourages them to come to us for help if they needed to. Um, as distinct from a child who's perhaps being shamed for wanting to spend time gaming or online, who might end up feeling like they need to sneak around, mm. um, that child, I would think, is less likely to go to a parent for help if they did find something unusual online than a child who has free access um, with no shame and no manipulation. Right. I definitely agree with that. I know that um, my parents uh, restricted certain things and so I just did it when they weren't around. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And, and if you'd gotten into trouble, what would you have done? Right. And like I, would, I, I wouldn't have wanted to call them and, yeah. um, you know, depending on the point in my life, I, there were times where I wouldn't have had somebody to call and yeah, I wouldn't have wanted, I wouldn't have felt comfortable calling my parents. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I definitely um, love that point. Um, so, uh, so on a day to day, I know you have no structure. So is it really like they're free to wake up and go to bed as they please? They're free to um, do whatever they want at any point. As far as like you were talking about meals, are they expecting you to have meals for them whenever they want? Or are they because they're unschooling and they want to do it whenever they want? Like, how, you know, how, how does, how are you affected by them having no rules? Yeah. You still have so, to have your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. So our kids have got free reign, right? They do whatever they want to do. They access what they want to access. And we have a rhythm really, as everybody does, a natural, a natural rhythm. And it it does change, you know, throughout the year. So currently the kids are waking up really late. And then when they wake up, they like to hang around in the bedroom for 
a really long time before they come downstairs for breakfast. And the last few days, it's been like 10.30 when they've come downstairs and wanted food. Um, but, you know, it ebbs and flows. They're going to bed later. We've had lots of social stuff happening. We've got a friend staying with us at the moment, so the boys are naturally staying up later because that's, that's not a, a usual thing for them. Uh, and so they're naturally waking up later. And so, so these rhythms um, guide how the day goes because, of course, if you're having breakfast at 11 o'clock, that then affects, you know, Everything what else. happens after. Yeah. Um, so so there's, no, there's no structure in terms of anything that's imposed externally, but there's still a rhythm that's guided by how much sleep we might need, what time the sun comes up, when we're hungry. Um, and the limits that we have in our family are largely around our own personal boundaries. So I sometimes say to the kids, can you all just have boiled eggs this morning? <laughs> because I don't want to make different breakfasts. And they might say, yeah, okay. Um, like this morning I made pancakes and that was really easy because everyone had them. Mm. And there might be other days where, they don't want to do that and they do all want different breakfasts. And then I just have to weigh up, do I want to do that today? Um, one or two of them will get their own. Um, and so that that is dependent on my, yeah, whether, whether I've got something on, whether I'm going somewhere, whether we're meeting people, whether I can be bothered, whether we've got the right food, you know, all of that stuff. It's not um, none of the decisions or none of the limits that we have are about teaching a child a lesson or showing them they have to conform. So while I might not always make every single person an individual breakfast, sometimes I do, I'm not doing that because I want them to learn that they have to eat a certain thing at a certain time. I might do it because I don't have time or I don't want to, <laughs> which is a valid reason to me in the same way as, they could say, I don't want to do that. Um, so that, that that's kind of how, you know, those when you're faced with a, a decision point, I guess, as a parent, you know, you, you question yourself, what's the reason I'm either saying yes or no to this? Am I saying no to this because I think my child needs to learn a lesson? Or am I saying no because it's 10 o'clock and I want to go to bed? Mm. Yeah. And my children hold me accountable to those things as well. And, and that's, that's how I see them learning. So their own limits. No, I don't want to do that. Um, my my six-year-old, she's nearly seven, frequently says, my body, my choice. Mm. It's my body, mum. It's my choice. Like if I say, for example, um, do you want me to brush your hair? <laughs> it's always a no. <laughs> it's my body, mum, and it's my choice. So because she sees that that's where my limits are too. I don't want anyone to touch me right now, therefore you don't get to touch me. Mm. So mm. it's 10.30, I'm tired now, I want to go to bed, I'm not cutting you up an apple. Right. right. Um, because they're my limits. Okay. I love that. <laughs> um, so at least here in the States, now generally kids that are going to be um, unschooled they um, are probably not going to be going into like the traditional jobs and stuff like that. But with um, so many things requiring like degrees and stuff like that, 
Um, do you see any I get ramification in the future because unschooling is uh, sort of a, a newer concept? So um, the idea of home educating and even unschooling are not as new as you might think. So the, the person that coined the term unschooling was writing about it about oh, 30 odd years ago. Uh, and there were already people doing it but just didn't have a word for it. Um, that's a, a writer and educator by the name of John Holt who's written many of the um, really well-known reference books for Living Without School, and his writing was largely based on his observations of how children learn um, and, um, and, and have, you know, his work has influenced many many families anyway point is that it's not as it's not as new as you might think alternative education has been around a really long time and actually the workforce I think is changing um, there are many people that believe that tertiary education and the need to get a degree and a qualification is going to be challenged into the future mm. um, what I see these for these kids um, and I know grown unschoolers, and so I see that they don't have the limitations in their mind that right. other other people have. That doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to go off and invent machines and become fashion designers. And some of them might might not do any of those things, but they make decisions based on um, their personal happiness and their their own sense of purpose, as distinct from just because that's what you do. So that's what I see for my kids' future. I don't see any limitations. And actually, if they wanted to go to university, they could. Mm -hmm. So there are many, many pathways into university, not just through school. There's, there's online stuff that you can do. Like if a kid gets to, say, 15 and, goes and, and thinks they want to go to university, they can take courses online that are equivalent to what you'd be doing in school if they want to. But also there's other ways to get into university, like taking a, taking a test. Um, depending on the courses, sometimes it's audition or interview or portfolio or, right. you know. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no limitations. And I think, you've, I think you're possibly onto something when you say, are these kids going to be doing different types of jobs? And... Without, again, without wanting to put my own or layer my own expectations onto my children because I genuinely have no attachment to what, what they want to do, um, I suspect that they will do things that I already see them aligned with now. Right. I, I can't pick exactly what they're going to do, but, you know, one of my kids is massively into any kind of, like, role play, imaginative play. Um He's the one that's not gaming at the moment, but he may well go back to it. But his brain is wired for stuff like game design. You know, I don't know whether he'll do that or not, but I certainly know that if he wants to do it, he will do it. Right. Um, my oldest daughter wants to be an actress and, and there's no one telling her that she shouldn't or she can't. There's only people telling her that she can do whatever the hell she wants. And because she's in charge of her own life, I have every confidence that if that's what she wants to do, she'll make it, she'll make it happen. Um, which actually, um, just one more point that's important yeah. uh, that's really related to that around motivation and around, and it's, that's really related to sovereignty as well, really, that our world 
particularly like a capitalist model, is really based on this carrot and stick model. Like you do a certain thing and you get a reward or you don't do the thing and you get a punishment, right? So that's an external motivator. Like we're constantly doing things for other people um, to avoid punishment or to get what we perceive to be a reward. Kids who are not indoctrinated into that system are led by, led from within. So they're motivated to do stuff or they're not. I mean, sometimes it's inconvenient because, like, you just want them to put their shoes on, but they're not motivated to, so they won't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So I won't pretend it's all, like, rainbows and unicorns because sometimes I'm like, oh, couldn't you just be a little bit externally motivated? But they're not. They're, like, completely motivated by their own drivers, which means that they're not limited by anything on on the outside either. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I know that um, we've got to get you going on to your next appointment. I have had such a great time with you. Thank you. That was sick. Yeah, thank you. Um, The person I've got an appointment with right now, right? His name is, um, he's American too, Tom Hobson. But his like um, professional name is Teacher Tom. And he's a um, really well-known play advocate. So he's a preschool teacher, but he's also a blogger and sort of influencer, I guess. And he um, advocates for young children learning solely through like agenda-free play. Mm. I've got a little bit of a fangirl crush on him. That's who I'm. <laughs> that's who I'm chatting to next. So, point is, there's so many people talking about this stuff right now, and it's really exciting. Awesome. So thank you for giving it a platform. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Before we get, um, uh, have you disconnect from us, how can the listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Ah, oh, well, I'm, in, I'm on Facebook. I'm really easy to find on Facebook. Um, and I love sharing on Facebook about what learning looks like in our family, um, which I hope inspires other people to know that their kids will be okay and actually thrive outside of school. I can also be found on the partnershipparent.com and the renegademum.com. Fantastic. Oh, it was such a great pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Yes. And um, guys, we were going to take another quick little break. And when we come back, I will see you guys on the other side. You are listening to the dream with Reem show on right on Q radio. Right on cue radio. Greetings. Welcome to the middle section of the Chocolate Factory Extended Play by Malik Davis. I hope you've been enjoying what you've been hearing. He and his engineers have spent a long time to make sure that this is right. Up next, we have Soul Plane. It is a funked out groove that will now be introduced by your captain. Oh, greetings, everybody. This is the captain speaking. Uh, you might recognize me from the beginning during that intro. We're going to make it a little funky up here, so just to get back, take the plane. So just go ahead and get ready for liftoff. Bring the bass in. You already know. I had to make a little old school in here for all of the for all the old heads in there. Guitar now, go ahead. 
Listening, see why the honeys always flock and they kissing a G. You see me in the streets, yeah, you know who I be. I'm a self made player, pip down to the feet. <laughs> you never see me in no Chuck Taylors, maybe occasionally, but mainly you catch me wearing my flush gators. Fresh hat with a feather, baby, I'm that guy. Brown mink with some ice, baby, I'm that fly. Chilling like a villain, and it's bringing me no pain. Cause we out here on the soul What's a foreign? Shit, I whip the Impala And pull up to the finest girl and see if she a holler She says you must be confident You think that you a baller? We'll see what kind of game you spit without you talking dollars I say, baby, believe I'm not shady You see, I can't help it when I see your pretty lady I make sure everything I spit is truth factual While I'm cracking your clavicles, acting like something natural Cooking in the studio, come and get you in taste Been serving up side dishes of cold grooves and bass Got soul food and plates, I'm old school and ace So you might wanna kick it I told you we was straight ah. Sit back with a zigzag and wind down Room 11 is always kicking the right sounds High up in the clouds bumping some cold train Relax baby I told you this was the soul plane Chilling like a villain and it's bringing me no pain Cause we out here on the soul plane Fly away, fly away, fly away, fly away, fly away Chilling like a villain and it's bringing me no pain While we out here on the soul plane Baby 
baby, show me your colors. It's no wonder that you feel this hunger if it's magic, eh? Then don't change the line of sights right in you in my gaze. It's mystic ways that you're pushing, babe. You got class, got stylist, and want the chase. I'ma give you today. So come on, let's play. You got a spell on me, baby. You got a spell on me, baby. You got a spell on me, honey. You got a spell, a spell on me. Oh yeah, you got a spell. So myth girl, let your mind drift, girl. So checking your hip, girl. Getting close to the rush, smoking. The place stiff in your room, walking. Now get a joy for a while through the scarf, freaking mind messed up during the night. Work. Okay. 
all the hate and the darkness that was occupying space in my life. You see, time is limited, but spirit is eternal. I came too far to be stuck in the inferno. Here's a glimpse, a glimpse into my journey. I can't go back to the same old ways, going backwards to the good old days and moving forward. I can go back to what I'm moving forward now. There's no looking back, there's no looking back now. I don't wanna wake, wake up from this dream that I 
blushing, blushing. You got me blushing, blushing. You got me blushing, changing colors. Yeah, yeah. Over you. Thank you. Right, 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 right on Q Radio. Can we go down, down in my Range Rover, fall in October with your arms around my shoulder?
on Q Radio.
Welcome back, welcome back. I am your host, DJ Dream, and you are listening to the Dream with Reem show on Right on Q Radio. I want to thank my guest, Sarah Beal, for joining me today. And remember to go check her out at The Renegade Mom. I also want to thank all of our quality up-and-coming artists we had queued up today. We started with Living in a Fantasy by Ronarx. It's the music that you hear playing in the background. And then our first song set, we started with Kenzie Rose, I Want to Have Fun. And then it was Wild Ones by Monique de France, featuring V the Ruler. Thank you, Vibers Music, for Rosalinda. And thank you, The Flow, for Let It In. Our second song set, we kicked it off with Help Final by Alias The Act. Thank you, Carlos Cruz, for My Life. Then it was Time Slips Away by Fazar. Thank you, KK Mala, for The Level Show. We ended that set with Agoguya by Sterling Roberts. Our third song set started with Soul Plane by Malik Davis. Then we had Dark Magic by Adam Knight. Then it was No Looking Back by Vegas Chips. Thank you, Michael Young, for Talk Talk. Then we were changing colors with Franca de Carlos. We drifted into the sunset with Terry Rimson. And then we had The Music Is Never Over by Dramaside. Here at Right on Q Radio, we love featuring quality up-and-coming entertainers. So if you are a quality up-and-coming entertainer and want your music featured on the radio for worldwide exposure, I encourage you to send me your best quality music. Send your EPK kit to music at dreamwithream.com. Make sure you send us your best quality music in MP3 format only. Otherwise, I cannot play it. Make sure you've got a brief bio and a headshot or your album cover. And I would love to get you queued up on the Dream with Reem show. Again, my email address to send your EPK kit is music at dreamwithream.com. If you are not familiar with our radio network, I just wanted to let you know that you can tune in 24 hours a day and we will have something playing for you, whether it's music or one of our other hosted shows. And we do have hosted shows for you seven days a week for your listening pleasure. So five days a week, Monday through Friday, you can catch LT, the life coach from 12 to 2 with the show Life Talks. And then six days a week, Monday through Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m., we have the R&B Oasis with Brian Chesley. 
Also, Monday through Saturday from four to six is the highly requested with Chill Will. The highly requested show is an interactive show. This is the show where you get to call in songs and listen to what you want to hear. So this is how you guys get on the air. So call in and hang out with Chill Will on the highly requested show Monday through Saturday from four to six. Monday through Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m., we've got the True Head Vibes and the Indie Vibes. That is with Big Schoon and Dats Diggy. From 8 to 10, Monday through Friday, you can chop it up with the Minguses on the Who Got Chop show. And then Monday through Friday from 10 o'clock all the way into midnight, you can roll around. That sounds not right. (laughs) Monday through Friday from 10 o'clock until midnight, you can roll into the Midnight Marauders with DJ Slim and Superfly Nichols. On Sunday, you can wake up from 9 to 10 a.m. with the Make Your Point Sports Show with Tragedy. And then from 2 to 4, you can dream away with me on the Dream with Reem show. Remember to send me your EPK kit so we can get you queued up. And I'm going to sign off for t- today. I, we are going to end the show with What We Need Is Love by Open Strum. So thank you guys for dreaming with me today. And remember to never be limited by logic. I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, I love you and I'm with you.
tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.